Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I know that so many of you have been praying for my friends Stacy and JR and their baby Molly, and I didn't want another week to go by without giving you an update. I'm so happy to report that just bit by bit and inch by inch, Molly has been improving. She has come off of the ventilator, she's off of oxygen, and she's currently like being reintroduced to feeding. And the biggest and best news of all is that she finally can be held for long periods of time. So every time I reach out to Stacey, I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, just holding the baby. So we are really, really thrilled. Please keep praying. I will keep updating you. Keep Molly in your prayers, JR and Stacy, and their big brother, Gibson. Thank you guys. I'm so, one day soon, I'm gonna have Stacy on the show. So you guys will get to meet her face to face. But thank you for all the ways that you've supported her and I'll keep you updated. I had a lot of presenting issues and the presenting issues, um, started with that I would regularly answer the question when people would ask me, how are you? I would answer the question by saying, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really fine. Yeah. I I mean, I I would kind of, I kind of learned how to give a Christian fine to Mm. everything that was going on. And what was so interesting to me about it was that I was starting to feel beneath the surface, like, why is fine your answer? Because uh, sure, is your marriage fine? Yes. Are your kids fine? Yes. Is the church Mm -hmm. fine? Yes. But did Jesus invite us into a life of fine? (laughs) No. No. Mm -hmm. He invited us into a life of abundance, life and life to the full. John 10, 10, right? Hey, you guys, welcome back to Let's Be Real. This is going to be a great episode. You're not going to want to miss any of it. And we have a giveaway. So hang tight for just a second. We'll tell you a little bit more about it. Today's guest is Jeannie Stevens. Jeannie is one of the lead pastors at Soul City Church in urban Chicago, a church that her and her husband started in 2010. Jeannie is an amazing leader. She's a teacher. She's a writer. She speaks to people all across the country. And she's speaking with us today about her latest book called What's Here Now, which is really about how do you actually stay in the present without getting hijacked by your past or hijacked by the future, but actually to enjoy where God wants to meet you right here today. So we're going to be doing a giveaway. Super excited about this. I've got Jeannie's book. I've got The Struggle is Real, one of my books that's a good companion with what's here now. And then I've just got one of my favorite things to send to you. This is a Pirani um, reusable cup. So it's kind of like It feels like a solo cup, except so much better. And the number one thing I love about this is the size and the fact that it's dishwasher safe. So I just want you to have one. So I'm going to send you one. So head on over to Instagram. You can find all the rules there. And I hope you win. All right. Enjoy this episode. I have such fond memories of meeting you. I I just think I was in a season of just exploring discipleship. We were working on some stuff at the church that I was working for at the time. And I brought a friend up and we came to Soul City and it was just such a good experience. And which is, this is going to be basically what your book's about, but I experienced you as just really a generous spirit And I know what Mm -hmm. it's like to be in ministry on a Sunday morning and you're pulled in a million Mm -hmm. different directions. And I just felt like you were like very expansive with your time Mm -hmm. and your engagement. And it was 
really mm-hmm. memorable. And that was probably, mm-hmm. I don't even know. I want to say like, Six yeah, I was going to ask, how many years ago was that? Okay, yeah. No, I'm terrible at time, um, which is, I we can too. also talk about your body. You were, you, <laughs> we talk about your you book. Look, I brought it. Right. Was, um, <laughs> about how to be present. But um, yeah, time yes. is not an easy thing for me to live in. So I don't recall. Um, it had to be about five or six, I want to say six okay. years. When did you guys open the building? We opened the new building. Oh, no, five years ago. See, I think it was right when that was happening. Like, I think that was okay. at, right at the same time. But yeah, yeah. And I th- then I, COVID, COVID messed up everything. I, I can't remember I, anything exactly. now. <laughs> you know what? I like, like I that. I don't know. I was alive. <laughs> I it happened. <laughs> I love that excuse because honestly, before COVID, I also couldn't remember anything. But now sure. everyone has the same excuse. And it's like, well, BC, yes. like before COVID, I don't right. know. It was one right. of those years. Totally. Well, yeah. And we, we came and a friend of mine who's in ministry with me, we came together and not only were you really, uh, just generous with your time, but you were so generous with connections and we were able Mm -hmm. to make so much progress in some of the work that we were doing to learn from you guys, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I love Mm -hmm. to, to share that because obviously we have listeners and viewers joining us from all over and they don't, you know, necessarily know that we have a personal connection and a professional connection and people who know you through your work um, and through this book, which is incredible. And I'm super excited to talk about Mm -hmm. it, but might not realize also that you are holding it down, like doing the thing in person, in ministry, in community, and um, not to negate online work is great, but really being able to be with people um, and welcome them in to spiritual community, the way you guys do at Soul City is, is really awesome. Mm -hmm. And is exhausting and wonderful and has lots of highs and lows. And so anyway, I have said too much Mm -hmm. already because I want to give you the floor, but I wanted to introduce you guys. I already gave your bio earlier, but um, just wanted you guys to meet Jeannie. She's a good friend Mm -hmm. and a wise counselor really um, in her spirit. And I think you've brought something really important to the world through this book. And I'm excited for everyone to get to hear a little bit more about it. So thanks for coming. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And what a kind and generous um, introduction, uh, <laughs> because I so long I so, I so long to be uh, not just known as somebody that's present, but somebody mm-hmm. that actually practices presence. Um, yeah, because we can sometimes be known for things that we are not. <laughs> <laughs> we can be known for something that actually behind the scenes, you know, um, we, we aren't living that way. Mm-hmm. And so I long for what I'm known for to be what I am. And yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, you experienced mm. presence, uh, with soul city, with me, with our team, uh, a certainly imperfect church, uh, because I'm a part of it. Uh, but I, I long for it to be the kind of place where it's genuine. It's authentic. Yeah. It's not, it's not super, um, you know, shined up and polished and um, looks all pretty. It's 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 real for what it mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah. So yeah. So good, Jeannie. Well, tell us a little bit as we get into it. We're going to talk about your book, what's here now, and um, some of the kind of the main concepts that I think are really an invitation to go deeper. And the go deeper invitation is to actually read the book, which <laughs> I know we talk about books all the time, and I talk about books all the time, but. 
to really engage with the work if it resonates with you guys who are listening today or, or watching that there really is help um, for a way mm-hmm. to experience more peace and more joy in your everyday, no matter the circumstances. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. But before we do, tell us a little bit about what today is going to bring into, just let us into your world a little bit. Like what happened before this? What's going to happen after this? Like give us a little bit of a, a take on uh, Genie 101. Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm in the Chicagoland area, uh, and you you kind of just referred to uh, our church that we are a part of, um, and not just a part of. Uh, it started in our living room about 12 years mm-hmm. ago. My husband and I, uh, you know, God kind of uh, messed up our comfortable plot line <laughs> in our lives and Standard. said, "I know, I want you to." Uh, I want you to taste what it's like to be not a professional Christian. I want you mm. to taste what it's like to be a Jesus follower. Mm-hmm. And I, I had been in full-time vocational ministry mm-hmm. at that point for a good 15 years at two incredible churches. And um, it, it's not to say that I wasn't a, a, a very committed follower of Jesus, I just didn't know what it uh, was like, you know, when Peter got out of that boat and was like, mm-hmm. oh, Lord. I'm about to sink. (laughs) And when we started the church, I think for the first time in my following of Jesus and my discipleship of Jesus, I really learned what it was like to like fix eyes on Jesus. We're sinking if this is not you. Mm. And so we started this church in our living room 12 years ago Mm. in downtown Chicago. We had two young kids, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Everybody thought we were nuts. I think I thought we were nuts. Um, we probably were. We were we were a little crazy for doing it. And it just became um a holy adventure. Mm. A um a holy adventure is the best way to describe it. Lots of highs, lots of lows. Um, but it it grew and it grew and it continued to grow. Mm-hmm. And over the last twelve years we've just seen um incredible, incredible transformation in the lives of the people that mm. call Soul City Church their home in the city mm. that we are committed to and um, and in the world as those yeah. leave this place and go and take whatever God has done in mm. and through them uh, from this place. So, but it's funny, this book, What's Here Now, um, you know, I, I feel like when people say they connect with it or they really resonate with it, I'm like, whoa, that makes sense to me because it was written in the trenches mm-hmm. of relationship. Yeah. It was written in the trenches of figuring out how to live present when all of my life I was tempted to either rehash the past or rehearse mm-hmm. the future. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was not always in the here and the now as a person in ministry was, was struggling with that. Um, and so I feel like this book wrote me before I wrote this book. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so the overflow of it really comes from living in the tension of being here mm-hmm. in this now moment, mm-hmm. practicing the presence of God is not something that many of us really know how to do. And mm-hmm. so I, I had to go to school on it. I, I had to learn how to be present. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- this is really the overflow of that. Mm, I love that. So tell me a little bit about the symptoms, let's call them the symptoms of what you were experiencing that even kindled this concept of like, obviously when we get 
adrift. I think it happens for a while before we realize it's even happening. So what did that look like in your life that, you know, I know that this book was written out of your own learning, out of your own growth. So what symptoms were you experiencing that had you thinking something's not quite right? Yeah, you know, it's such a great question, Nicole, because I, um, I felt all of the presenting issues. Like, you know, when you go to the doctor and you're like, uh, I've got this ongoing headache. And they're like, well, it's probably, the problem is probably not a headache. Let's see what else is going on, right? Mm -hmm. I had a lot of presenting issues. And the presenting issues um, started with that I would regularly answer the question when people would ask me, how are you? I would Mm -hmm. answer the question by saying, I'm fine. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really fine. Yeah. I I mean, I I would kind of, I kind of learned how to give a Christian fine to Mm. everything that was going on. And what was so interesting to me about it was that I was starting to feel beneath the surface, like, why is fine your answer? Because uh, sure. Is your marriage fine? Yes. Are your kids fine? Yes. Is the church Mm -hmm. fine? Yes. But did Jesus invite us into a life of fine? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. He invited us into a life of abundance, life and life to the full, John mm. 10, 10, right? And I did not feel that. And so the presenting symptoms were fine. Mm-hmm. Everything was just kind of fine. But I was dull. I was checked out. Mm. Uh, I realized that I was often mentally uh, not in what was occurring. I gotcha. was thinking about the things that had already happened, or I was contemplating the things that were to come. So mm-hmm. I was rehashing and rehearsing. I was not receiving the mm-hmm. now. Um, I felt it in my body. I felt it um, in my sleep patterns. Mm-hmm. My weight was going up and down like it was mm-hmm. a yo-yo, right? And I could see like, here's all these presenting issues. Mm-hmm. What is going on beneath the surface? Mm-hmm. And uh, I love what Father Richard Rohr says. He says, um, we cannot attain the presence of God because we're already in the presence of God. What's mm-hmm. absent is awareness. Mm-hmm. And I was just not living in the awareness of God's presence. Mm-hmm. I-, I thought it was something that I had to attain. And yet here it was in this now moment. And I wasn't experiencing it because I wasn't in this now moment. And so mm-hmm. I started to pay attention to what are the signs of somebody that's rehashing the past. It- and I just looked in my own life, right? This sure. was not like a Oh, I'm going to do a research project as to why we're not all present, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do we why do we struggle with FOMO, right? Why do we right. want to be somewhere that we're not? I wanted to look in my own life, and so I started noticing um, anytime blame was mm. present, anytime I tried to direct personal responsibility, something that I needed to mm-hmm. pay attention to onto someone or something else, mm-hmm. it was a sign I was rehashing the past. Mm-hmm. Shame was another one. It was mm-hmm. a big one. Um, I describe shame and I, I literally spell shame, S-H-A-M-E, as self-hatred at my expense. Mm, and so any time, any time shame was rushing into my life, uh, mm-hmm. there was this lack of worthiness, right? Uh, I knew you're, yeah. you're not really here. You're rehashing something grief, uh, most specifically unprocessed grief. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and, and this is something that I think is a, 
reality for many, many leaders. Mm -hmm. I think many leaders are walking around with unprocessed grief. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't. I mean, I can't. Yes. I can't. I I just how they lead on their day today. Yeah. Right. I was just on the phone with a. I was on the phone with a friend of mine, and we were talking about. You know, does every leader have like a grief and shame story? That's this other storyline. Like there's the, there's the storyline that is the events of your leadership. Let's say the highs and the lows. There's probably the storyline of your calling. We talk about that a lot, like being called into it. I don't know that we actually talk about the subterranean storyline of, yeah, the relational breaches, the, you know, betrayals, the failures, the own character failings. And where do you put all of those. I, I'm curious, yeah. Jeannie, like, I love what you're saying. It's so good. And even when I know you've talked about like, where, where are you putting blame in what direction and what are you trying to do with it? And you can just turn a phrase so beautifully, which is why this book is so sticky. Like it gives you so many practical tools. I'm curious how you feel about, because what I've experienced is that one of the times if we were going to use the psychological term of dissociation, that you escape from the present, that you leave what you're doing, that you go into yeah. your mind is because of what's actually happening in the present. Did you experience that as like, oh, I'm being, like, it's uncomfortable right here. So now I'm going, right, I'm going to re, I'm either going to blame and shame and rehash the past, or I'm going to escape, right, to something, hopefully to the future. How do we stay present when it actually is really uncomfortable or painful? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that we go to blame because blame feels more powerful than remorse. So true. This is so much easier. I can just think about all the ways this person has done me wrong or, yeah, or the world. The world has done me wrong, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. And that mindset, uh, it, it induces more of a powerful feeling than a contrite Mm-hmm. or a remorseful feeling or vulnerable. You, yeah or a vulnerable feeling yeah. right and and we know that so much good work uh takes place in our soul when we actually do have healthy contrition mm-hmm. when we have healthy vulnerability right and we really face what is true about me in this situation that i do need to take some ownership of where have i been directing uh, or shifting responsibility? Where am I trying to defend or get out of responsibility mm-hmm. or, or even deceive uh, and lie my way through it, right? Uh, the heart is deceitful above yeah. all things, Jeremiah tells mm. us. And so we, we can even deceive ourselves. We can yeah. even deceive ourselves. And um, I think, especially with things like blame, we have to um, be willing to to sit in that uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to be, we cannot change what we cannot face. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, we long for transformation. We long for change. We long for refreshment. But many of us, we long for that without the willingness to face what we need to accept about reality. Mm. I just would love for you to give us your modern day definition of contrite. Because I don't think that's a word. I think I think you've chosen that word very specifically and wisely, and I don't think it's a word people use all the time. So, what would be your like way of describing what contrite looks and feels like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not guilt. So I'll yeah. start by saying that uh, 
the scriptures tell us that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Mm. And so it's that, it's that reality of, I've missed it here. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to say something differently, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure why, but I see it. Mm -hmm. I see that I missed it. And instead of playing a cover-up right now, contrition says, I'm going to own it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to name, I'm going to name, I missed what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I, I and, and, and hopefully, you know, if we're growing, if we're doing lots of good self-awareness, we're going to get to a, a point where we can go, I, I think I know why I did mm -hmm. this. Um, mm -hmm. Or we're going to say, I'm not sure why I did this, but here's what I'm committed to. Mm -hmm. I'm committed to figuring it out. Yeah. You know, I see this in, in most, especially my closest relationships, right? With, with my husband, mm -hmm. with my kids, uh, the people that are like, you know, in my, my inner circle where, where we have the fastest rate of, of blaming, or we have the fastest <laughs> rate of, um, of hurting people, right? Rapid and cycling so, apologies. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and my husband and I oftentimes, you know, when we have these little, um, moments, it's like, okay, am I going to spend all of my energy doubling down on trying to blame and force all of the responsibility over on him? Where's that going to get us? Or am I willing to open up the mirror, take a look inside and go, here's what contrition is. Mm -hmm. Contrition is, I know I hurt you. I said something, I did something, um, I, I thought I said I was going to do something and then I didn't. And so um, that hurt you in, mm -hmm. in my failed attempt at uh, an expectation that I didn't meet. I'm sorry. Mm. I, I, I missed it. Will you forgive me? And mm. that to me, that to me is healthy contrition. Yeah. It's not walking around with, oh, I'm awful. I'm terrible. I'm bad. That's guilt. That's yeah. guilt. Um, and that's not going to take us anywhere. Um, that's going to keep us in the gutter. Guilt yeah. just keeps you in the gutter. Mm -hmm. um, this kind of contrition actually pulls you forward and moves you into growth and into mm. transformation. Mm. So good. I want to circle back. Um, I think this, this like, oh, like even just the awareness of being like, oh, I can own the part that I played. I can sit with that and with the Lord and allow that healing and that comfort to come. But I do, I, I'm thinking about our listeners and I'm like, I think we should circle back for a second on the leader thing about, <laughs> because I yeah. think sometimes when we move past blame, um, usually um, anger or that power, right, keeps us from feeling yeah. uh, emotions that feel more vulnerable and weak. So let's say we're able to move from anger to contrition and we kind of feel our own part of the story. What would you say to leaders then about unprocessed grief? What have you learned about that? Let's say particularly as leaders, leaders in the church, leaders in organizations, and what do you do about it? What if you realize that's what you've got? Yeah. What What's that been like for you? Yeah. Well, I would say to any leader that is listening right now, um, you have some unprocessed grief. <laughs> I wouldn't just right say there. like, I wonder if you do. You do because uh, the seat that you sit in is a hard seat mm -hmm. and no one sees all that goes into this seat. Um, quick story. And then I'll answer the question. You know, when I, I launched the church, 
our first full year in, um, I wrote apology letters on mm. our anniversary to the two previous lead pastors that I served under mm. because I had absolutely no idea what it was like to sit in their chair. Mm-hmm. And now here I was sitting in their seat, sitting in their chair. I had absorbed, you know, the the ache and the pain of of the leadership seat that I was now sitting in. And I had to reach out and say, I'm so sorry. I yeah. I assumed X about your role and I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I was a great armchair quarterback about mm-hmm. all the things behind the scenes as to what I thought you should do. And I had absolutely no idea the other mm-hmm. things that you were holding. And so going back into that, I, I think that leaders are holding unprocessed grief and we're just you know putting them in our backpacks over and over and over again. Oh, that betrayal. Oh, that person that said that hard thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that uh, moment where I was misunderstood. Oh, those people that left. Oh, that that person that once really uh, believed in what I was doing, and now they've just walked away, and mm-hmm. it seems like they don't believe in what I'm doing. Um, the work of constantly, if you're in ministry, you are constantly having to do healthy disassociation mm-hmm. of who you are from your ministry. Mm-hmm. You are not your ministry. I am not Soul City Church, right? Um, but, but I oftentimes, when I am not healthy, overly associate myself with everyone's commentary about Soul City Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, it's such a tricky, tricky, tricky space to mm-hmm. be in. And um, so, I would just say to to the leader that is walking around with unprocessed grief, uh, it's critical that you name it. Mm-hmm. It's critical that you um, pay attention to where it came from. Like mm-hmm. you really need to go, where did this come from? What story, what what thing am I still holding on to? And can I move from this being an ungrieved loss to a grieved loss? Mm. Um, you know, oftentimes so many of us, we just give into the grief. And mm-hmm. grief, you know, it's like a wave, right? If you've ever been out in the ocean, you know, it's really hard to fight a wave. Yeah. And so many of us, we just kind of give into it. Um, but I actually think that the invitation from God is to grow into our grief, mm-hmm. um, for there to be fruit that comes from it. And so sometimes it does, it knocks us over and it takes us out. But when we grow into our grief, there can be actual uh, fruit that emerges mm-hmm. from our lives. We don't have to feel powerless from it. Um, so yeah, th- those are a few of my thoughts around it. I love it. I know you talk a lot about silence and solitude. Um, How do you, how do you use that time for these kind of uncomfortable emotions? That's specifically, and we're going to talk about the future in a second, but in this rehashing the past, which you talk about, you know, these two things that keep us from being present are rehashing the past, rehearsing the future. And so rehashing the past, shame, blame, guilt, grief, um, how do you use your silence and solitude in order to move through those things? Yeah. Well, I think, um, especially, you know, and we all have a tendency, right. To either rehash or to rehearse. Mm -hmm. And I am a big rehearser. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I love a checklist. I love plans. I love thinking about the future, uh, which isn't bad, but the challenge is, is that we were not meant to live in the future. We're meant to live in the now. We're meant to have mm-hmm. a healthy plan towards the future, not live there. Um, and yet, 
I think we have such a rise in anxiety and worry because so many of us are living in a not yet that's worse than our now. Mm. I mean, that, that's like the very definition of worry, right? Yeah. I'm living in a not yet that's worse than my now. Mm-hmm. And I think the only ways that we can learn how to, to turn the volume down in our life, to actually experience peace in our present moment is to do the things that you were just talking mm-hmm. about. Silence, solitude, and intentional slowing. Mm. Uh, it, it's what Jesus did. And yeah. so if the son of God, the son of God had to pull away for silence and for solitude, right? The son of God had to have rhythms to ministry, had to practice Sabbath. We have to do the same. Mm-hmm. We have to do the same. And so, yeah, it's a way that I can like touch the dial and turn mm-hmm. the volume down on all that is constantly coming at me. Mm-hmm. People always say to me, but what do I do <laughs> in my silence? You know, how do you, what's your, what's your uh, encouragement for those who have, you know, you and I can diagnose why someone keeps their life yeah. very noisy. Um, I know, like yeah. you've talked about with your worry, why you were like, when, when is the worry dialed up is when you have no limits, you have no boundaries, you yes. know, you're just, yes. I, what was your third one? I know. I remember that. Um, uh, yeah, you have a rapid pace, unboundaried relationships, and an excessive and unfiltered input coming that, at the you input. at all oh, times. Gosh, that was such a good one. Yes. So what do you say to people? You know, I've had clients and um, men- mentees who keep their life noisy. And when they even think about silence, they are like so thrown off by it. What's your encouragement when it comes? Because I do believe this is the place of healing. This is the place where you can actually too. be present. And I, I know it's difficult to get started, but what what do you say to those folks that you mentor that will say, you know yeah. that their life is very, it's the three things you said are happening. Um, how do you get started? Yeah, I, I love that question because it's it's a question of, okay, you can start with one thing, right? (laughs) I think oftentimes when we hear like silence, solitude, slowness, ah, I don't even know where to begin, right? Um, And I think the first thing that I would say is of those three ways that you turn up the volume, Mm. which of those three do you feel most conviction around? Mm. Do you have a rapid pace that is uncontrollable? Do you have unboundaried relationships? Um, are you saying yes to everyone and everything? There's just, mm-hmm. there's no limitation that you're honoring. There's no boundary that you're honoring. Or is there just excessive and unfiltered input coming mm-hmm. at you all the time that you haven't put any good limitation on? Mm-hmm. So I would first say of those three, where do you just go? Oh, yep, that's me. That's me. So good. And so I would I would start with where do you feel some healthy uh, challenge, some healthy conviction, mm-hmm. and then from there I would just start to journal why. Yeah. What? Why do I keep a rapid pace? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like I have no boundaries on my mm-hmm. relationships? Why do I have no limitations on my screen time? or mm-hmm. on the amount of time on social media, or how much I'm watching the news, yeah. or the intake that's coming into my life. Just start there, because it's going to be really hard to take a step into silence, solitude, and slowness if you're not going into it knowing your why. Why? Mm-hmm. I'm going into this because 
my pace is not the kind of pace that is going to lead me to a a life that is abundant with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I am going to learn how to shift my pace. And I think oftentimes we want to get to the practice before we know why we need the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oh, from there, so once you know, yeah, once you know your why, then I would say, uh, start small. Yeah, you know, start with. I'm gonna. It, let's say you have too much uh, excessive and unfiltered input. Uh, start small. Put some limitations on your screens. Mm-hmm. Um, tell two people that you put those limitations mm-hmm. on your screens and ask them, would you ask me about this at the mm-hmm. end of the week? Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I don't even think I can trust myself about my mm-hmm. screen time. Would you ask me about this um, as a way to help me with my accountability? Um, because on Saturday, I'm going to do my first like half day of, of no screens. And I really would love for there to be some accountability and some mm-hmm. encouragement. Mm-hmm. Like just start with a, with a small step, not a huge step. Mm-hmm. Um, I think many of us think like, I'm going to need to go off to a retreat center in silence for right. six weeks and shut my family out and shut all of my loved ones out. Right. And it's like, no, 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 just start with one step um, yeah. and invite some trusted people into that. And yeah, I love that. And I think something is better than nothing was like our mantra for let's yes. be real last year. Yes. And I'm like, let's just continue it. Cause like, it's like, yes. a small, yes. like a small step, like just a very, very small step. And when you, it is uncomfortable at first, but I think Jeannie, what I think you and I both know that we would stake our lives on is that what is uncomfortable can lead to where there is actual need for healing in your life. Absolutely. And thank God, literally, he is a healer. Like, so healing Absolutely. is waiting and growth is waiting yeah. for you and wholeness yeah. is waiting. But when you can't even name, oh my gosh, I can't even say no to the, you know, loyalty club at my grocery store because I'm terrified of what people think of me. And I <laughs> live my life. My life rises and falls on people's opinion of me. Well, that's a place that actually needs healing. You don't have to figure out Absolutely. now how to fix that. Like that's not what we're, you and I are not leading people toward yeah. that. We're not saying like the fix is in you. What we are saying is naming the injury, yeah. naming the woundedness, naming the brokenness can actually lead you to healing. Cause that's what yeah. we find. That's what abundant life feels like. Absolutely. I, I tell people all the time, the first step is you got to notice it. Like, mm-hmm. it, and usually you're going to notice it somewhere in your body, somewhere yeah. in your feelings and somewhere in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the powerful part about this question, right? When you ask yourself what's here now, you're really just saying, okay, what am I sensing in my body? Yeah. What am I feeling in my heart? What am I thinking in my mind? And those three questions ground you back into this now moment. And let's say one of the thoughts in your mind is, I can't say no to anyone, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that comes up. And and you find yourself going, okay, wow, there's some obligation here. There's some should here. And so I need to remind myself, no is a complete sentence. I can say no. It's possible. I can say no. And uh, yeah, to to give ourselves that um, that noticing and then naming it. Yeah, obligation is here. Um, and I think many of us, once we notice it, once we name it, we oftentimes go to um, condemnation. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the way of Jesus. I actually mm-hmm. think the way of Jesus is nurture. Yeah. To, to love ourselves in that moment to say, oh, wait, there is therefore now no condemnation mm-hmm. for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to give myself some loving nurture. Mm-hmm. There's a part of you, a fractured part of you that is really looking for love and it's coming out in obligation. Yep. Notice it, name it, bring some healthy nurture. And then what are you going to do to move forward? Mm-hmm. Right? What, what, mm-hmm. what is the next step that you can um, experience so that you can go on a journey to go, I'm not going to let obligation have the wheel in my yeah. life. I'm not, I'm not going to let it be the driver. I'm going to notice when it's here. I'm going to name it when it's here. I'm going to give some loving nurture to myself. And I'm going to say, obligation, <laughs> you don't drive my life, right? Yeah. Like, and, and we start to lead from a different place. We start to, to really step into regular freedom um, mm. instead of constantly, constantly being held in bondage under that condemnation. Absolutely. And I love, I mean, those questions. So if you are listening and you're like, okay, I need to, I mean, this has been a very strong theme in this season of let's be real. Like I need to get in touch with what's here now. Those questions is what you can do with your journaling. You can just say, what's in my thoughts? What's here in my body? What am I experiencing my emotions? If you don't know what else to do with your journaling, you can set a timer for 10 minutes and just answer Jeannie's yeah. questions. And that that's a framework that's leading to freedom, but you can't just get there without the work of getting present, right? Like that's what you're saying. Yeah. We can only experience yeah. God where he is. He is past, present, and future, but he we experience him in the present because he- In he the now, a, that's yeah, right. Yeah, because he put us in time right. for this- for this season of our lives, right? While we're here on yeah. earth, we're in time. Yeah. So. I tell people all the time, I'm like, the zip code of God is the present moment. If, if you want to get to where God is, <laughs> like, you where, how do to I find him? Moment. He's, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. He's and in it, your zip code. He's yes. in your zip code, which is this now moment. It's not about you going to find him. Cause like you said, from that beautiful quote, like he is already yes. here. It's just, he's are you already here? here. The question is, are exactly. you here? Exactly. And how do I get here where he is uh, right in this yeah. moment? And that really to me yeah. is, experience in the kingdom of God. So, so good. Okay. Final question. I have so many more things I want to ask you, but um, I just want to ask this question since our, since we sort of took this leader route. Um, here's my question about rehearsing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Rehearsing the future. What is the healthy tension between as a leader being called to vision, being called to plan and be a person who actually does think ahead and is ahead? Where do you find that uh, how do you balance those tension points of being a person who's meant to look forward, but also not live in the anxiety of forward, if that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I have wrestled with this myself uh, because mm-hmm. I'm a visionary leader. This is how God wired me up. These are the the gifts and the skills that have been in me, I think, since I came out of the womb, right? I, I mm. have always been somebody that contemplates um, all of the what ifs. And what I began to realize is that for many, many years, uh, I would often contemplate the what ifs and set plans towards the what ifs as a way to escape the what is. Mm. It was a way to avoid what was occurring in the present. And it felt good to come up with an advantageous, hopeful future 
so that I didn't have to pay attention to what was here now. Mm. And so my first um, realization about myself was that a visionary leader does not avoid the present. Mm. They, they aren't just on the, you know, number 10 on the thinking wavelength. And, you know, they're the, the person that's willing to, you know, experience all the change, take all the risk, uh, which usually a visionary leader is. They're going to be most successful if they can take stock of what is here in this present mm-hmm. moment, because then they're going to set plans from a place of presence, mm. not a place of avoidance. Mm. And um, I was talking with uh, a guy literally right before I jumped on this call, and we were just going over um, some different documents and some different um, spreadsheets about the reality of uh, our finances right mm. now at Soul City. Mm. And I loved our call because he was just helping me see so plainly, so clearly, here's where you're at. Mm -hmm. Here's exactly where you're at. And it didn't mean that I couldn't advantageously dream and think about all that is to come. But Mm. he gave me a level set picture of the now. Mm. And I think oftentimes leaders forget to get themselves rooted where their feet are already Mm -hmm. planted so that they can advantageously dream with God about where their feet will be one day. Um, And, you know, thinking about the past and the future, they're just ways we contemplate life. The problem with only thinking about life is it is honestly an ineffective way to transform life. Mm. Uh, We have to live in the present moment. We have to take all those future scenarios and bring them into this now moment and go, okay, I'm going to live with this future possibility. Mm. What does it feel like in Mm. the here and the now? Because leaders set the tone for their culture. Um, And if a leader is always just kind of out in the future and all the people in the organization are like, "Uh, hey, come back to earth. Like, do you know what's happening in the here and the now? Like, do you know what our struggles are today? Do you know what we're facing? Do you know what people are saying? Um, It it almost feels a bit tone deaf, right? And and so a leader needs to come back into this now moment. And I I often say a, a present leader is a peaceful leader. And mm. that's what helps them learn how to lead with healthy power. Those that's things a, mm. are really, really critical to leadership. Um, and that's where I think we build confidence in the people that are following us. That's where we build healthy uh, connections. Uh, mm. when, when we are able to say, I am aware of the here and the now. Yeah, I'm aware of the here and the now. Uh, and that's what this guy was doing with me today. He was walking me through some spreadsheets so that I can make some wise decisions moving forward. And I can say, in light of whatever those wise decisions are, I'm aware of the here and the now. Yeah, I'm aware of, of what got us here. And I also know that with the, the movement of God and the movement of Holy Spirit, I sense we're going to go here. But here's why I'm making this decision in the Mm -hmm. here and the now for our future. And I just think that builds so much trust. Yeah. And I I just love it. And you you said it. I just want to repeat it because I was as you were, you know, sharing about that difference and how you maintain that that healthy tension, I'm like, yeah, like if you are a leader who only leads from the future, you will be striving 
most likely, and you will most likely be out of step with the people that you're trying to bring along. Because yes. um, you'll yes. either be anxious or nervous about something you're experiencing now, or you'll be impatient. And so yes. only when you're present can you be a leader who can bring those and actually make make plans from a place of rest rather than a place of striving or a place of That's compensation right. for what you wish had already been or whatever that, or disappointment or whatever that might be. So that is yeah. such a good word, Jeannie, man. I'm like, we'll just yeah. capture that piece and cl clip that and be like, hey guys, here's your free, co here's your free coaching for today. Just try to do this one thing. Um, it's so, so good. Thank you so much. So I always ask everyone who comes on our show, since it is called Let's Be Real, and I like to stay, like keep us super like in the moment, in the present, what is something that is just keeping you present right now in life? It can be a product. It can be an app. It can be whatever, uh, a person. What's helping you like just really cherish and value the present right now? Uh, I would have to say the first thing that honestly came to my mind, Nicole, is my kids. Uh, yeah. They are, we, our kids are, are around similar ages. I have a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, I'm just so aware of um, the clock. I'm so aware of yeah. what is to come. And so I'm trying to cherish every single moment our daughter uh is a freshman and and last night um we, we were sitting around with some friends that had come over for dinner and she she came down the stairs uh and she said hey my my friend abby's here i'm gonna go out and chat with her for a minute and she goes out the front door comes running back in and it wasn't abby it was a boy that came over to ask her to homecoming and oh my she gosh, just was I like know. <laughs> and we were having the just, homecoming talk last night in our we house were, too except it. we have the boy it. so i was like you better oh, get that poster yeah. ready boy it's time i got both time. i got both yep <laughs> so his sweet little sweet little guy came over with his poster and his flowers and asked her to homecoming on the the front porch and oh. i just was like oh cherish every ounce of this be oh in gosh. So All good. of it with her. Enjoy it. So my kids are, they are my present physicians. They help me. They are doctoring me back into the present moment whenever I leave it. So. Gosh, you're making, I got, I got a little, I got a little emotional. Right? I was like, no, oh right? gosh, I just got, so, I just so got great. Cameron senior pictures back. Like I just, yeah, I'm like, that's, and Cameron's our daughter. So now our middle one is yeah. the senior. And then we have another boy who's a freshman. So yeah, we're, we're lined up and I've got the college one too. So um, yeah, it's, I love that answer. And it just encourages me today. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly mm -hmm. what I want to do today. You know, and that's, today's yeah. what we can control. Today's what we have, right? That's right. So right. thank you, Jeannie. This has been so rich. I feel like we could talk for hours, but um, instead, you guys, you can just get what's here now and get all of this great content and all of these just really, really wise, settled, doable <laughs> actions towards full and free life. I love it. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Nicole. Such a delight. So lost with you, flying through the mountain ranges, but I never see the danger. That final boss is swinging.
Hey everyone, I'm really excited about something new that we have to offer you called Real Talk Weekly. This is gonna be an email-only engagement. I'm just gonna slide into your inbox once a week with a few things that represent like the small ways that we actually grow and change. So each week you're gonna get a question. You can use it for journaling. You can use it for conversation. You're gonna get a spiritual thought, something inspirational, something from scripture that's gonna help you get grounded in your identity. And then I'm gonna give you a thought, a takeaway, a practical next step. We all know that change happens incrementally over time. So you can think of this email as your companion on that journey. You can sign up at NicoleEunis.com slash Real Talk. Again, that's NicoleEunis.com slash Real Talk. See you there.